Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, Ravens flock? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. On this episode, we talk about the Cowboys win for the Ravens and then discuss the big Monday night football game. Is it a must win? What's going on with Des Bryant? And much more. Ravens flock, let's get it. What did it mean when the Ravens told you, we want you as a quarterback? I told them they're going to get everything about him. He's going to win the Super Bowl. Definitely. Ain't this what they've been waiting for? You ready? Uh, uh. I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this, in a matter of time I spent on some light. Oh, he is Nightmares come true. It was time to marry the game, and I said, Yeah, I do. If you want it, you got to see it six. with a clear view. Try to go long sure first, and the pass is intercepted. Marcus Peters. We're not Ravens Flock. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, are my co hosts, former Ravens wide receiver Kamar Aiken and the kid Gowie. Ravens Flock, big W over the Cowboys on. Tuesday night. It's tough to track what nights the Ravens are playing on nowadays. <laughs> uh, but first, let's talk pregame. Des Bryant, 30 minutes before the game. No close contacts, allegedly, except for a bunch of deleted tweets and pictures of him hugging former, <laughs> former coaches and teammates. Uh, so he gets pulled from the game. Then he goes on a tirade on Twitter, which Kumar and Gowie and I really enjoyed. That was entertaining right before the game. <laughs> Um, but Kamar, from a player's standpoint, like he was, we saw him on the field warming up. He's ready to go. We're not going to talk COVID because we know all that stuff was uh, a little fake news about no close contact, but you're fired up face your former team, right? This is like, it felt like this was Dez's time to shine. Sneed and Andrews out like as a player, how hard would it be to be pulled 30 minutes to go in this scenario? Uh, it'll be pretty hard, especially if you know you were in a game plan and they had you involved. And knowing how Harbs is, he's, he's probably going to have a more – he probably had a more involved in a game plan just because I was a former team. So that's probably where all the emotions came from. That's all the, the, the Twitter fingers and everything else that we saw. Uh, I felt like it came from him knowing that, hey, I may have an opportunity to score, throw up an X in my and, – and, you know, an arena that I did it so many times. So, yeah, I, I think that, that had a, a lot to do with it. So talk to me. You mentioned something I thought was interesting there. You said Harbs, like being who he is. Is that a real thing? Like we see on Twitter, oh, it's a revenge game, but they're just going to play the game plan. Will the Ravens and Harbaugh actually maybe give him a few extra shot plays or call plays in the red zone just because it was a, a former team? I would say yes. Um, I would say they'll give him an opportunity just because they know what it means and what he meant to that organization. So it, it would be almost like, uh, you know, you, you were a new team, you were a new group of guys, that let's, like you, you were a new brotherhood. So let's show them what they're missing for not having. So I do feel like Harbs probably had him a little more uh, in, the, in the game plan, especially in the red zone, just to give him a touchdown or to give him something. Um, so I, I think that's where you saw a lot of his frustration come from. I was betting on him to score online. So I was kind of <laughs> bummed when he got knocked out. Gowie, what do you enjoy? I know you're big on Twitter. So what do you enjoy most from Dez's uh, Twitter presence on Tuesday night? Um, I pretty much like the fact that he kind of, you know, he went with like the conspiracy theory type of <laughs> angle where it was like, I just find it suspicious that, you know, I'm the only one that gets tapped out of warmups. And then, of course, 
it is suspicious when you put the pieces together because it's kind of like obviously this is one of the big things this is the reunion of des Bryant and the dallas cowboys and let's see how he goes goes against his old team and next thing you know he gets tapped out in warm-ups like out of all the times you guys could have got him out you chose now so that kind of sucks Funniest part was then 20 minutes later during the Fox pregame. I don't know if you guys caught this. They had obviously filmed and spent a lot of time and energy on a Dez piece and a whole interview with him. And they still ran it. It was so awkward because everyone watching was like, (laughs) he's not playing. Like this has no fluff to it anymore. At all. At all. So (laughs) Ravens did. They came out a little slow. Uh, Lamar threw the early pick to Hollywood. Kumar, I, I actually posted about this and I'm curious from your standpoint. Who's who's to blame on that play? So it looks like Hollywood only gets one hand up. I've heard if you can get one on it, you can normally get two. The pass was a little errant, and Hollywood did have a guy kind of on his back. But who who would you put the blame on in that situation? Uh, they're gonna put it. They're gonna put it on the receiver because they're gonna say anything in your in your vicinity that you're supposed to make a catch. But I would say playing receiver, you can literally get your hand on every ball. And on TV, it may look like it was a catchable ball because you made an attempt to just touch the ball. But in real real life and, and real speed, it, it probably wasn't uh, as good of a catch or easy as a catch everybody may have seen or, or thought it was. So I, I would say they're going to put the blame on on the receiver. Um, I would have liked a better ball from Lamar, obviously. Yeah. I'm a receiver. Yeah. <laughs> and you're throwing to a guy that's a shorter guy, so you, you don't have that room for error. He doesn't have longer arms that he can outreach a guy and, and do some of the things that uh, naturally you just, you're just you born with. Yeah. Gally, what would you see there? Who As a non-receiver, who are you putting the blame on? <laughs> um, <laughs> as a non-receiver, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Hollywood. Um, Could have have been a better ball, of course. Um, You know, you got to make it easier for your receiver. He could have led him better, whatever the case may be. But I do feel like he kind of went more for the flashy kind of look with the, you know, the one hand when he could have kind of just, you know, went the two to the side. But once again, Kamara put it in a way, like just because it looks like that on TV doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it really was. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, it wasn't a good throw. Like, I don't think anyone would say it was a good throw and it's all in Hollywood. Um, But it did give me the feeling it was an early turnover and I started to get nervous. Like, are the Ravens heading down this path that we've seen this year and not as much last year? Hollywood looks lazy. Lamar's turning the ball over early. Like, they're going to let a bad team be in the game. And then it seems like the Ravens kind of snapped out of it and ran for almost 300 yards on the ground. We were texting about this. Uh, It's time, Kamar. I know the politics, but Mark Ingram, he can be our cheerleader, but Dobbins is is playing at a different speed than that guy. Like at this point in the season, we talked early in the season, but at this point in the season must win. Like you need your guys out there. How do the politics kind of changed from the top down for a playoff run? Um, I I do see them stepping in and probably reducing his roles and uh, his role and, and, I don't see him being inactive because of who he is and his name. Um, mm-hmm. But I do see them kind of uh, bringing him back. It's hard, though, with, with him because he doesn't play special teams. Right. So now you have a roster spot that's taken up and, and he's not technically doing anything. You know what I mean? That, not only is he taking up a roster spot, but you're paying him a lot of money at the same time. So <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's a bad situation upstairs um, as far as making a decision. Uh, do you want to go with the guy that's that that's obviously looks better and is playing better, or do you want to go with the guy that hey we're, we're spending all this money on? So I, I personally I would see them reducing his his playing time and giving the other guys some more time just because they're they're playing better. Right. 
And I would say two things on that is number one, they ran for 300 yards. So there were plenty of carries to go around. What happens in a game where you can't have 30 total carries between the team? And then number two, exactly what you're saying, special teams, but also like we think of, okay, Dobbins needs to take his carries, but it's really the player that needs to be there and why he would get deactivated is Justice Hill, like the pass catching. It's not like Ingram offers the pass rushing aspects of the game. So Gowie, I know he's your Ohio State guy. Uh, and we love Gus Bus, but where, I mean, what's your thoughts as a fan on Ingram? Um, my thoughts on Ingram, uh, obviously, I kind of just feel like it's smart for him to play more of the mentor role now. Uh, not to say that he still can't contribute in the offense, but as far as being the main back, I kind of feel like, you know, the carries have to go to where the hot hand is. Um, you'd pretty much be shooting yourself in the foot by restricting those guys' carries and just so you can get your money's worth. Um, I don't think that's a winning strategy whatsoever. So it's up to the Ravens to pretty much think to themselves, do you want to win or do you want to get – you just want to make this a money play. So yeah. that's kind of how I view it. Um, J.K., he gets about, you know, seven to eight carries per game. I definitely think that should be heightened up to double digits uh, because we're not really utilizing him how he should be utilized. And me being an Ohio State fan, obviously I've seen JK from when he first came to the college and when he left. And it's like that guy does some incredible things. So it's like when you really get to use him, um, whether it's in the passing game or the run game, you'll be satisfied what he can do for the team. But you actually have to give him the opportunity to show that. Yeah. And let's not talk about Mark Ingram like he's a slouch, you know, like no, he, not at all. <laughs> he, he's a, at this point in his career. He's probably a product of his offensive line. If the blocking's good, he'll make stuff happen. And I'll give credit. I think fourth quarter, if you run out the clock ball security wise, Mark Ingram's a guy you want, want the ball in his hand. So that's fine. Defensively against the Cowboys. Uh, whew, they're just a mess on all <laughs> sides of the ball. The Cowboys are. The Ravens defense actually played pretty well. You had the big kick return, which led to the pretty much only touchdown in the game. Marcus Peters ankles. He's still looking for them the way Coop hit him <laughs> in the fourth quarter. But those, I mean, those were, that was pretty much a meaningless touchdown, but still the same, it did feel like they were having success from 20 to 20, which is what coaches will talk about. It's like you do what Ravens have always been bend on break. So it's just scary though. What happens when you have an elite offense, and then the, the biggest thing was pass rush. I mean, Andy Dalton could have taken a nap back there, which is sad because he wasn't very effective with all that time. I know Judon was out. Um, Kumar, you saw Wink even start to blitzing more. That wasn't even helping a ton. What do the Ravens do if they can't get pressure? Uh, they got to. It's not an option. <laughs> it's not what they do. It's uh, when they do. Um, they, they're going to have to figure it out and, and get some guys to, to to do that for them if they want to win and, and go long in the playoffs. Um, if yeah. they can't can't do pressure and they give the good quarterbacks time with the, the better receivers, they're going to get ate up in the back the back end. It's going to be a nightmare. Gally, from the def- <laughs> from the defensive standpoint, any players that really stuck out against Dallas? um secondary wise linebackers I feel like had a strong performance man uh definitely got to give props to the uh, defensive rookie of the year you know Patrick <laughs> Queen uh he, he's a dog man um obviously we saw it in the beginning we know what his potential can be and I really just got to give kudos to the Ravens because they always seem to find a legit middle linebacker uh, I don't know how they do it it just seems like consistently Ray Lewis is gone. We get CJ Mosley, CJ Mosley's gone. We get Patrick Queen. So it's like, they always have an answer. Um, 
But aside from him, I still love LJ Ford. I just think LJ brings Same. this type of toughness that I'm not going to say nobody else has, but it's just different. Like he has a, this type of intensity, whether it's in the passing game or he's stopping the run. I just really like how he's always engaged and on every single play that I see him on. So um, LJ will probably be the one that I think doesn't get enough recognition, but he's really always there making the play. As far as secondary goes, um, I'm not going to say anybody really stood out to me in the secondary this game. I felt like as a unit, they did well, uh, but it wasn't anybody like in particular that I kind of felt like really, I should say, like overpowered everybody else mm. the way they just really stood out. We we talked about it before the Cowboys game. We were nervous for Marcus Peters and, you know, good route runners like <laughs> Coop and, and Marlon yeah. actually let up his first touchdown of the season um it does worry me a little kumar like the secondary feels like you got playmakers back there but you don't necessarily have lockdown cover guys and if you're not getting pressure it's trouble so is that a issue moving forward or it all kind of relates back to what you said we need to get pressure there's no ifs ands or buts I would, I would say it's an issue because that, that secondary looks better when pressure gets back in. That's when you see the picks. That's when you see the force fumbles because the balls are coming out a little more quicker. Mm-hmm. The receivers don't really have the ball all the way, whatever the case may be. Um, so I would say it works hand in hand. Without them being able to have pressure, you're going to see uh, some of them guys get a little more uh, exposed. Um, versus uh, I go back to, to the years when Revis and Cromartie and, and those guys, they, they had, they, they look, they seem like, like lockdown corners on paper. You look on them and be like, yeah, they're lockdown corners. But if you look at what their pressures were during that year and how much time the quarterback really had that year, it wasn't a lot. So right. they were covering for a short amount of time. They were able to sit on routes and do things like that. So when you don't have that pressure getting back there, it is technically a receiver's world because a double move could turn into a, a go ball uh, just off a scramble drill, just because you have enough time to do all that. Right. Exactly. And yeah, credit to your guy, Gowie, LJ Ford. I actually think he made a play in the end zone, probably had a pick. If the game was a little tighter, the Ravens probably challenge. Um, let's talk Cleveland, Monday night football, Lamar on prime time. He's come up big, rec- I mean, in his career. Most recently it was, well, I guess he's played in prime time on Tuesday night football, but um, the, the Ravens <laughs> own the Browns. Pretty much everyone's owned the Browns, though, to be fair. Kamar, Monday night football in Cleveland it's not a must win. I do think there's a path at 10 and six to get into the playoffs, but you don't control your own destiny. And that's always the Ravens thing is control what you can control, right? We're not leaving up to tiebreakers. What do the Ravens have to do on Monday night football to get a win? And, and it would turn things on. Um, what would that that's, that's stunning to be honest because it's Cleveland so we always kind of this is know, different Cleveland, Cleveland. And, it's so funny it's here I, I get that yeah, yeah. but you still think <laughs> of him as the little boy town. Cleveland yeah, yeah. I, I still think of him as, as the Cleveland Browns and, and for some reason how, no matter how good they play they always show up and still be the Cleveland Browns right. when they play the Ravens they may look like a different Cleveland team when they play other people but I, I never really see that when they when they play Baltimore uh, for whatever reason that is um, so, uh, to, to be honest, I would say not to let Baker get going, not, not, not to let him get comfortable and, and feel comfortable with, with his receivers. Um, they're, they're down a guy, obviously, in Odell, but they actually kind of look better without Odell out there, uh, for whatever reason that is. Um, so, I would say not letting Baker get going. 
Go down that path for me, though, because I see the Twitter nerds are like, you know, Baker's passer rating without OBJ is better without him. And as a fan, it's like tough to imagine that, you know, removing Odell Beckham would be better. The same thing they said about Watson. It's like he'll stop looking at just Hopkins. But you take DeAndre Hopkins off Deshaun Watson's team. It's tough to imagine that they actually get better. Is there any truth to like OBJ not being there? What do you think that changes for Baker? Uh, I would say yes. And to go back to Deshaun, he's number two in passer right now. He's balling. He is balling right now. So, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. What, what that does, you know, what that does to a team, when you take a, a big name receiver like that and you move him out, it kind of takes your OC from uh, being able to call bull plays and get them guys to bail them out. So now they actually have to dig into their playbook and spread it around and actually call plays. So sometimes it works out better for OCs to lose that that main guy because now, hey, we're not calling this one play for this guy. Like, I remember us in Baltimore. If Steve was there, it was mostly, okay, this place around around Steve. This, But as soon as Steve got hurt, it was more, you might get the ball. You might get the ball. We're going to spread it out. We're just calling plays. It's not a guy that we're trying to hurt to get it to whoever's open. So that sometimes means- in that case, it, it, it works out when you get a big name that, that leaves. Gowie, Monday Night Football, Cleveland Browns. Uh, they posted a, the Ravens posted a TBT. The last time we played them was the I don't know if you remember the field goal kick return. Like Kamar was saying, the Browns yeah. will be the Browns against the Ravens. They're kicking for the win in their home stadium, and they lose on that play, which is so Browns. But uh, we know this is a different team. Uh, Baker planted the flag on your Ohio State, so I know you're not probably a huge Baker <laughs> guy. What do you see from Monday? Uh, it's funny that you say that. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm not too big on Baker, but I do give him his props as a player. Um, he earned a little bit of respect for me once I heard uh, Hollywood's story, how he said that Baker Mayfield was really the one that got him in the mix uh, back in college. And so I was like, OK, you know, he's the reason why Hollywood is Hollywood. So, you know, well, I'll give him his credit for that. But as far as Monday night goes, I think that the Ravens will be in good shape. Obviously, you know, when people listen to this podcast, they probably like, these guys are so biased. They always want to pick the Ravens. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, realistically, I just love the team that we have, especially defensively. Um, I feel like the Ravens showed a lot of I think in this Dallas game, we really needed what was what had what took place. So we needed the rush attack to get 300 yards rushing. We needed Miles Boykin and Hollywood Brown to get in the end zone because that was the type of momentum that you need to go towards the end of this season. Um, and I think both teams are playing at a high level right now. I feel like Ravens obviously have the momentum from Dallas and Browns have that momentum from Tennessee. So it's like when you have both of those hot teams, I, at the end of the day, I'm still picking our defense over that Browns offense. And I think our offense will be able to orchestrate some things against that defense. All right, let's do some score predictions. And then after, I want to ask you guys one more thing. Score predictions, I'll start with Gowie. Monday Night Football in Cleveland. Must win, as Kamar is implying. Not not a need to win, a must win. <laughs> Gowie, who are you going with? I'm going with the Ravens, and I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 30-21, something like that. All right. I'm writing it down. Kamar, who do you got? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say Baltimore, always against Cleveland. (laughs) You're never going to catch me picking uh, Cleveland over Baltimore. (laughs) It's it's a fair Uh, point. Yeah. 
Score-wise, uh, I said it's going to be a close one. Uh, I think it's going to be the three-point or touchdown uh, separation type game. Uh, I would say 28-24. That's what I was writing down for myself. So <laughs> we're both going 28-24. I think, you know, we saw in the Cowboys game, maybe the offense is getting going again. I agree with you guys. It, it, you're, you're not going to blow out Cleveland. Week one, they, the Ravens actually did blow out Cleveland. It was probably the best game the Ravens have played all year. It was looked like the 2019 Ravens running all over them. Lamar looked spectacular. The defense was incredible. It's a different Browns team. The coach has now had, you know, 13-plus weeks. But uh, one thing I did notice in the Cowboys game I'm curious about from you guys, it looked like the guys weren't getting open. And you talked about this before, Kamar. The wide receivers aren't winning one-on-one. And the, and the play calling's not spectacular. It's fairly awful, actually. And the O-line, I think Lamar makes them look better. Like, as bad of a season as Lamar Jackson's having, I actually think it might be underrated what he's doing when no one's open, no one's blocking, and the play calling is vanilla. Do you Did you see a lot of that, even with the success they had on the ground? Um, yes, I did. Um... I, I don't. I never watch. Uh, what's his Miles Boykins? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. I never watched him coming out. Um, he's a taller guy, obviously. But as far as them um, just winning routes and just saying, "Hey, right. you got a post route. Win, win, win this post route." Uh, it's not a concept. It's not. It, it may not look good. You got to find a way to win. I don't see them really having those type of guys. Um, I, I feel like they have a lot of guys that if you give them the right concept, they'll they'll work the route and, and win the route like that. But if you just give them a route and say, "Hey," Go out there and win. I don't think that that's what they have in that room. Uh, even when you look at Hollywood um, and his stature, he may win on a couple, but he's not really a route runner, in my opinion, to go out there and just say, hey, I'm just going to go out there and just run routes. So I'm just killing guys. Right. Um, and, and you can't blame Lamar on that because Hollywood finally did make a play and Lamar got him the ball. So right. while Lamar had a few errant throws that make you go, that you know, the sidearm stuff, is it windy? What's going on there? Hollywood made a play, Lamar made a play, and you want to see more of that. Gally, what do you think of uh, number eight's performance, and what did you see in Dallas? Um, I think that was a, a hell of a game, honestly, to, to come off of COVID. Uh, I think a lot of people overlooked that. Um, Lamar, he was really dealing with COVID. It wasn't one of those things like he was around somebody that had it or whatever the case may be. Like he told us in the press conference after the game that he still didn't have his sense yeah. of smell and sense of taste. So he really <laughs> dealt with this thing. Um, so to come off COVID and be able to have a performance like that, just breaking the long runs. These, these are the same people that said that Lamar lost a step. It didn't look like it that game. Um, you know, they said he couldn't throw. So, you know, he hit Miles Boykin, he hit uh, Marquise Brown. So stuff like that, I think games like this were big statement games. And of course, all the throws weren't accurate. You know, he had some off wins and there's no excuse to that, whether he had COVID or not. But I think overall as a performance, I think he did a hell of a job and kind of made a statement. Yeah. With what Kamar said, a must-win game. Uh, my new catchphrase for the rest of the year is let Lamar be Lamar. All those yeah. tendency breakers that we are trying, Lamar trying to prove he's a passing quarterback. He can make throws. But when Lamar's out there being Lamar Jackson, that's when he's the MVP of the league, and that's when he's mm -hmm. special. So Ravens flock, Monday night football against the Browns. The three of us obviously think the Browns are winning. I assume every single one of you who's listening also thinks that the Ravens are going to get the win. And if the Ravens get this win, they're really in the playoff picture with a nice little back uh, quarter schedule to go. So I'm excited about this game on Monday night. Ravens flock. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.